0: Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr, all ready to talk Penn State football. How about you, T. Frank?
0: I'm caught off guard. I didn't know that's what we were doing today. I am, I'm I'm. a little, I'm a little surprised. <laughs> T. Frank, I tell you, read the notes. Read the notes. <laughs> we haven't been doing the same thing every week for about a year. Oh, I was just caught off guard by right this week. I was not prepared. But no, yes, yes I am ready to talk Penn State football.
1: Well, you're just going to have to wing it since you didn't look at the note. Anyway, (laughs) before we get started, T. Frank, a quick reminder, Keystone Sports Network, we are partnering with Collegiate Athletic Travel to offer the opportunity to travel to Auburn for the Penn State-Auburn football game in September Really excited about this charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and of course, a tailgate party at the stadium. You can't beat it, T. Frank. If you want more information, you go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414. I hope you'll get the chance to join us. Dustin and I will be on the trip also and would look forward to traveling with you. All right, T-Fank, our topic for today, you know, this has been a pet peeve of mine now for as long as we've been doing this show, which has been for several years. We all are so enamored with the incoming freshman class. It's the new shiny toy that we totally forget about those second-year players who many of them have redshirted. So this is going to be their first year to affect the program, but they're totally forgotten, aren't they? Yeah, well, part of it is because we spend,
0: you know, especially if you follow recruiting, we spend so much time talking about uh, a, player's, a, a class for essentially two years that once they get into the program, it's like, yeah, well, we, we talked about them, now it's about another group of players we're talking about for two years and then, you know, they, they cycle into the program, but uh, yeah, the, the, the actual impact of these players will be felt more this year than in previous seasons. That's without a doubt.
1: Exactly. But we still, we forget about them and we're going to correct that today. We are going to take a look at those second year players, those guys from the class of 21 who will start to uh, be a factor on the field this year First of all, just want to get your overview of the class, uh, T. Frank. It wasn't one of those really highly regarded classes. What's your take on this group in total, though? Yeah. Uh, so, quick
0: setting the scene of why we're talking about them today is that uh, Penn State uh, made them available to the media, and you know, with disclosure of all those things, we're recording before the media availability, um, but on Wednesday, the first time that the media gets a chance to talk to these players uh, after their freshman season, it's a policy that you do not talk to freshmen their first year on campus so they can get media training, learn how to talk to us, learn how to have a camera shoved in your face and be asked random questions that seem random. Um, so we're getting our first chance to meet them this week. Uh, but the my my opinion on this class is that I don't have a strong one On this class, because this was one of the weirdest years ever. This class was the class that did not have a senior season because of COVID-19, that a lot of their seasons were canceled because of the pandemic. So when it comes to film evaluation, a lot of what we're going off of is their junior seasons. Or, you know, in some situations, I have a very clear picture of them because they were allowed to play football, but people weren't allowed to be there. So all the video was online. So it is very much a light and dark sort of like some guys I have no idea about and some guys I have very clear picture about. Uh, but in general, I think the biggest thing about this class was that um, it's a small one. So especially the recruiting proper of the guys that came in with scholarship offers, Penn State did not have the numbers to get a full twenty-five in in twenty twenty-one. So because of the volume, they were lower ranked. But the quality of the player, I think, as we get into this, you see, it's not a bad class. There are some very talented players that I think could be, in some ways, program-changing for Penn State.
1: Well, we're going to take a look at them, uh, just real quick by the numbers. By one service, they were ranked twenty-first overall. It included five four-star players, but only one top 200 player after, and I'd like to just make a quick note of Lonnie White was part of this class, very highly regarded, uh, wide receiver, two-sport star, chose to play baseball. Can you imagine that, T. Frank? He decided he'd rather take a million and a half dollars up front and go play baseball. What was he thinking?
0: He was being selfish is what he was (laughs) thinking. (laughs) (laughs) no he he made the right call um also Nate Bruce was a part of this class the Harrisburg offensive lineman uh and and that was one uh, that I think is a a big part of the storyline of Penn State's offensive line like not that he would have contributed last year but when you talk about depth and numbers and the fact that he left the program pretty soon after joining the program so they were left with one offensive lineman in this class
1: Well, why don't we start there, then, with that one offensive lineman. He was also, he was that player that was ranked in the top 200, and we're talking about, of course, Landon Tengwall. He got some time last year, even though he redshirted, and he's probably going to be a major part of that offensive line, isn't he, T. Frank?
0: I have been trying to ride the line of objective without being the conductor of the hype train, because... Landon Tangwall, I just love watching him play football, man. Like, it's a joy to watch somebody who's good at football and has the skill to be excellent. Uh, and and he's a, a very mature football player from a positional standpoint, from a physical standpoint. And we'll get to meet him on, uh, you know, when we when we talk to him to see what he is as, as a person. And I imagine if if everything else about him is rather mature, that he's probably a rather mature player. But when I say I think that some of these players in this class could be program-defining, he's got a differentiating factor about him on the offensive line. He moves people. When he hits them, they don't stay in place. And it's a basic thing, but it's, you know, it's not. It's very highly underrated that he's doing that. He did that as a true freshman last year and has the opportunity to be a starter and possibly a breakout player this year. Uh, and again, I'm trying really hard to be objective about the fact that his fundamental positional skills are excellent. He's strong, he's uh, agile. The only reason he's not a left tackle is because he doesn't have you know I think the arm length and a little bit of athleticism, a little bit of lateral agility to really protect the edge. but when you kick him inside that's an all all big 10 guard. you know I, I'm I'm predicting big things for him.
1: Well, T Frank, this is one of those cases where the fact that you're typically a Debbie Downer on things. So, right. <laughs> when, when you are leading the hype train, there's a little more credibility to it. So it better happen or I'm coming back to blame you for it. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. And especially, we're talking offensive line. If there's a position of need, there you go, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and you would love to have two or three Landon Tangwalls, but really, if you've got one that is a starter and is an above-average player, then um, you'll take it. Like, even if you don't have another offensive lineman in the class, and you can make up ground other places through the portal, other recruiting, JUCO, how what, what have you. If you get one Landon Tangwall, who is, who is as good as I think he can be, I mean, other than that he's not the left tackle, I don't know how he could be more valuable. To have somebody that that sets a different tone on the offensive line,
1: and setting him next to uh, Fashanu, who is at left tackle, you you hope that that's the building blocks for a solid left side of the line. Uh, let's hit the wide receiver: Liam Clifford, Harrison Wallace, or the two wide receivers from this class. Again, both yeah. were redshirted. We going to see any of them on the either of them on the field this year, T. Frank?
0: We'll definitely see Harrison Wallace. I, I Another guy that I, I'm projecting is going to at least push for playing time. Something I wrote uh, last week at Blue White Illustrated was, you know, underclassmen who can push for playing time, and I have him pegged as a guy who stood out in spring practice. Uh, the, the coaches and, and other players raved about his athleticism last year of a guy with great vertical leap, can play above the rim, all those cliches about, you know, his ability to go and get contested catches and be a dynamic athlete, not just speed, not just uh, movement ability, but playing a, over top of other players. You know, um, if he can do that at one, that is just a different dynamic to the, the Penn State receiving core. And he's going to be a boundary receiver. So there are now ostensibly four players and three of them are competing for the same position. So I would expect him there. Liam Clifford. I, he's a, he's one of the guys I have the best view of as a, as a football player from his high school days. He is a, sl- I, I think he's a big bodied slot. I think he's a possession receiver. The other day I was looking at him compared to some of the other Penn state receivers. He looks like a tight end. Like he is a thick, strong kid. I think he moves well. He's a good route runner, but I don't know that as that room gets deeper, If he's a slot receiver, is he going to be better than one of the actual tight ends? Or is he going to take Parker Washington off the field? I don't see either of those. So I would have a hard time seeing him getting significant playing time next year because of the kind of the positional depth where he's trying to break onto the on and, and the scarcity of the fact that typically there's one slot receiver.
1: Well, and it's funny. I've told this story before. He was always Sean Clifford's little brother. So when I first watched his film, I'm expecting this little guy. And as I'm watching him, he was like a basketball player boxing out his defender, using his body really well to make plays, which I found very interesting. Like I said, that's on me. I hear little brother. Oh, he must be a little guy. Not the case. The Cliffords are big dudes. (laughs) <laughs> well and and I was impressed with how he used his body he yeah. did use it really well and finally uh, on the offensive side just to wrap it up uh Khalil Dinkins he's at tight end i met the tough part for him is if there's one position that's deep there's three other guys at tight end who are yeah. all pretty good
0: yeah and, it'll be and tough he's for
1: him to see the field right
0: yeah, and he is uh, smaller too. He's more of a receiver, tight end, uh, a former defensive end in in high school as well. So he kind of played both sides of the ball. There's some question, maybe he would be a defensive end with Penn State needing some stuff there. But I think they've restocked the cupboard pretty well since then. Um, you know he he just looked he just looked small compared to the other guys in the spring game. So I think he still is a a year away needing some seasoning. The reason we saw him so much is because Theo Johnson was not participating in the spring game. Uh, and he was good. Like, actually I was surprised, you know, just because I thought he was a rather raw prospect that he was doing very well as far as positional understanding and all of those things during the spring game. But what are, what are you affecting? Are you, are you big enough and strong enough to block and things like that? So yeah, I I don't see much of a role for him this year other than on special teams, but you know, I I think I have a better projection of him than I did previously after seeing him.
1: Very good, T. Frank. All right, in quarter number two, we're going to look at the defense. And oh, by the way, I missed one guy on the offense, the quarterback. I'll see if T. Frank has anything to say about him. Stay tuned for that.
0: This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call
1: 1-800-788-4414. See you there.
0: What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State, by author Greg Woodman, looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com.